0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord fathers provoke not your children to anger lest they be discouraged servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh not with eye service only as man pleasers but in singleness of heart fearing God and whatsoever you do do it heartily as to the Lord And not as merely unto men, knowing that it is truly of the Lord that you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respecter of persons with God. Corinthians chapter 3 verses 18 through 25. This passage that we just read really just makes the same point through three different examples. Wives to husband, children to parents, and servants to masters. In all three, one is under authority and is told to honor the one with authority over them. But then it warns the one in authority not to mistreat the ones that are under them but rather to look after them. Then, in conclusion, Paul tells us that God is watching everything, and that it is he that will reward us at the great judgment seat for all of the unseen things, the sacrifices made, the faith in his words and good character portrayed the labors of love, the selfless, thankless service, the humbleness of heart, it will all be worth it. Yet for those who respond wrongly, even to the wrongs that were done to them, they forfeit the justice of God, having taken his role into their own hands and will not receive what they should have. Romans chapter 12 verse 17 tells us this. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible. As much as the ability lieth within you to do so. Try to live peaceably with all men. I think it's important that this phrase is included. Because sometimes authorities will ask you to do things that are contrary to God's words and commandments, in which case you can refuse to do them, but you still do it respectfully, you still do it peacefully, you still do it in humility, you still honor authority. Jesus gave us an example of this even at his trial when he didn't fight back or argue. In fact, he said that there was no authority that was given that was not given of the Father in heaven, that they could not hold him unless God had ordained it. But nevertheless, he did not agree with the spirit of error that possessed them. So does Paul include in this passage that whenever it is possible to live peaceably with all men, because sometimes even when you're walking in the fruits of the Spirit and doing everything that Jesus taught us, people will still be in opposition because there is an enemy, an accuser of the brethren. Nevertheless, let the wrong be on them, not on you. Jesus said that offenses will come, but woe unto him by whom they come. Don't let it come from you. Don't take offense and don't cause it, at least not with intent. Be in control of your own spirit. He says, as much as you can live peaceably with all men, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. As we continue to read the passage, he says, But rather give place unto the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him a drink. In other words, you do what is right regardless of, of everyone else around you. They will be judged for what they do. But you will too. And the response matters. And while God doesn't cause evil to come upon us, he does watch for our response to it. Because that says a lot about our character and whether or not we really believe the teachings of Jesus if we're really listening to the leading. Of the Holy Spirit. As we continue reading it says. That if you keep doing what is right regardless. Then in doing so you shall heap coals of fire. Upon your enemies heads. This means that the more that they mistreat you. While you do this. These good things to them that was mentioned above. Giving them food and water and helping them. That if they do not repent. For their wickedness. Then in the end there will be a greater eternal judgment because of your kindness and the fact that they rejected it and continued to mistreat you in spite of it. Nevertheless, we do it in hopes that just maybe our good fruits might be a witness to them, might help to save them and change them. Regardless, either way, you will win in the end if you maintain your righteousness, by holding fast to the teachings and the example of Jesus. This passage concludes by saying, Do not be overcome by evil, but rather overcome evil with good. These are hard teachings, of course. Jesus taught the same things to his followers And they said the same thing. Jesus responded to them by saying, with men it's impossible to do these things, but with God all things are possible. The Holy Spirit was given to strengthen and empower us to be a witness, to endure trial and tribulation and opposition. So you're going to need to get in the prayer closet and get saturated by his presence, get taught who he really is. Or else when these trials arise, you're going to be overtaken by them. You're not going to be able to do it in the flesh. You're going to have to do it in the power of the Spirit. Remember, Jesus himself had to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, and God had to send the angel of the Lord to strengthen him so that he could endure the trial that was coming. My friend, what makes you think that we're any different? Going back to our opening passage, which talked about those in authority and those under them that the greater weight of responsibility and of judgment, according to this passage, falls on the ones that are in authority, the husband, the parents, the master, and so forth. While the greater opportunity for reward, if responded to with humility, falls on the one who is subject to them. The meek have the greater placement to receive better rewards in eternity. Therefore, does God see them as the more blessed in these situations? No, it's not the way that man sees it. We always want to be the ones leading, the ones seen as having power and authority. But God's ways are not our ways, nor does he think the way that we think. In fact, Jesus warned his disciples that this kind of a mindset is paganistic. And is contrary to how it should be amongst those that follow his teachings. In this simple passage that we have been reading. Do we get a glimpse of the complexity of God's economy? That things are never as they seem. And that he is always watching, searching, and testing. Oh, how often do we forget This reality, and because of it, how often do we miss opportunities? My friend, this world is not our home. In actuality, it's really more of a job interview for eternity, for lack of better terms. So stop living for the moment and trying to be something here. Believe for what's coming and walk in wisdom, humility, meekness, integrity, and a godly fear. Lay aside, lay aside bitterness, unforgiveness, envy, contention, strife, and fleshly ambitions. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus and his teachings. Stop thinking like carnal men and start trusting in what God has promised. Because when you truly do this, it will begin to affect your every decision. It will change your responses. It will produce the fruits of the spirit, even in impossible circumstances. It will change your perspective. It will give you new focus. In James chapter three verse one we read this, "My brethren, be not many masters. Or in other words, you might say, do not all desire to be masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. The scripture says they will have to give account for the souls of the men that were under them, and that it is a weighty thing to wield authority. And as we remember, of course, as Jesus said, even in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, blessed are the meek, for it is they that shall inherit the earth. This message might seem a little contrary to the things that you've heard, but I'm trying to help you to refocus and to see things in the scope of eternity, the way Jesus taught us. Because the world has so influenced the church that all we see is materialism, the kingdoms of men, and the influence of the Antichrist spirit, and he is setting the stage for such a great deception. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 23, it says, And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Of course, this was speaking of the members of the church, the body of Christ, and how there are those that we think, to be less among us, but in actuality, God sees them as the greatest. This is the message that the Holy Spirit has been trying to relate to us. In Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse one, Jesus gives us this very profound message. It says, then Jesus spake to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses's seat Okay, understand that in the synagogues where the scribes and the Pharisees would gather the people to preach, there was a seat called Moses' seat. It's where the leader would sit and he would read from the scrolls of the books that were written by Moses. And it was considered the highest seat, the most notable and honorable place to be. So Jesus says the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in this seat, acknowledging that it is a seat of authority. Therefore, Jesus says, whatsoever they bid you, observe, right? Because they were reading from the law from the scrolls of Moses. So he's saying, do listen to what they're saying, observe it and do it, but do not after their works. In other words, the scriptures that they're reading to you are truth, but they themselves do not abide by them. So don't do what they do for they say it, but they do not do it. For they bind heavy burdens that are grievous to be borne, and lay them upon men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. In other words, they make great demands even beyond the scriptures, but they don't hold themselves to the same standards. But it says that the works that they do do, they do them only to be seen of men, and they make sure that others see them do it. They enlarged the barters of their garments. This was because there was something called the tzitzit in the Hebrew that hung from the hem's of their garments. And it was meant to remind them to live godly and to follow the commandments. It would actually kind of trip you up as you walked and it would be a constant reminder. Well, there had become a practice amongst some of these leaders of making them extraordinarily long. And noticeable and it was almost as if they were gloating that they were being more holy and remembering God more than the commoners who didn't have these extended garments when in actuality a commoner couldn't afford the luxury of such things because they had to work and labor and tend to their families and and following God's commandments was never meant to trip you up it was just supposed to be a reminder that he loved you and that he wanted to be loved So Jesus says they've exaggerated the borders of their garments to make it seem as though they are more holy in seeking after obeying God's commandments. But remember earlier he said that it was really just for show and that they weren't actually really even doing it. He says they love the uppermost rooms at the feast and to sit in the chief's seats in synagogues they love to be greeted by people in the marketplace and to be called rabbi, which by translation means master. In other words, they really liked being seen as having this power or authority over those who were underneath them. That they were somehow better than men higher in the kingdom. So what does Jesus say to this? He says... Don't call anyone rabbi, for you have one master, which is Christ, and you are all brethren. In other words, you're all learning, you're all growing, you're all brothers and sisters. In actuality, the only one who is greater in authority above you is Christ. Christ means the chosen or the anointed one. So even in this, I would caution those who want to have rule over you because of some claim of a special Anointing. There is one anointing, one anointed one, and that is Christ Jesus. Yes, he does come and make his abode in some men, but he is no respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith and humility. So, therefore, there is access to him for anyone who is willing to meet the conditions of the covenant, to believe, to profess, to forgive to follow the leading of his spirit. You can get just as anointed in the prayer closet. You don't have to go to someone's conference. It's not wrong to be taught by those who have gone through experiences. God does choose leaders that he can trust, but there are also those who choose themselves. And Jesus is giving you some pointers here on how to know the difference. But in the end, God is no respecter of persons at the judgment, he will judge The prophet, the priest, the apostle, the pastor, the ministry of helps, the charity worker, the evangelist, the faithful mother who instructed her children in righteousness. They will all be judged the same according to their faithfulness, their humility, their works. Did they trust what Jesus asked of them? And did they do it faithfully when no one was looking? Jesus continues by saying call no man your father on this earth for one is your father which is in heaven and remember in this passage he's talking about spiritual leaders neither be ye called master for one is your master even Christ but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant and whosoever shall exalt himself. Shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You see, there are those that God calls that places in positions. There are those that God calls to be spiritual mothers and fathers over spiritual children. But Jesus is warning here against placing and positioning yourself, against giving yourself titles. Even if it is the right one, you ought to walk in the function. And not seek after attention. My grandfather started many churches. He was surely a father to many. He was a true apostle in the biblical sense. He was a pastor. He led many into the kingdom. But he was known all of his life simply. As Brother Lloyd. Or Brother Mayu. He never sought titles. He never claimed even that which was rightly His office, he didn't seek attention. He just did what God asked him. For that, I have no doubt that he has received a great reward in heaven because that he did not allow his flesh to rob him of it by trying to give himself glory for it among men. Oh, my friend, get this in your spirit and be washed of the teachings and conditionings of the culture. Of this present world system Jesus said that whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased but he that shall humble himself shall be exalted and finally in Romans chapter 2 verse 3 we read what Paul said to the Romans and I think it brings us a lot of clarity concerning this topic that we are touching on today Oh Lord give us eyes to see the Spirit is trying to say. In Romans chapter 2 verse 3 it says and thinkest thou this O man that judges them which do such things and does the same. Of course the same thing that Jesus was saying was happening amongst the leaders and Pharisees in the passage before this was happening amongst the Romans. Paul said that they were harshly judging others for things that they themselves were guilty of. He says will you escape? the judgment of God, or do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Do you not know that it is the goodness of God that led you to repentance? In other words, remember where you came from and how good and merciful he was to you and show that same character to others. But after your own hard and impotent heart, have you now treasured up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath and a true revelation of the righteous judgments of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality They shall receive eternal life. In other words, they didn't get distracted by the temporary. They kept their focus on eternity. Again, my friend, the word that the Lord is saying is to regain your focus. Don't let it be cloudy. Don't become nearsighted looking at the things that are around you that the enemy wants you to be excited about, but they're temporary, they're carnal, they're vain are just vapor of smoke on the plane of eternity. It all will pass away. It's time to focus in and be foresighted again and regain your vision for the promises that are coming so that you can run the race with endurance. Because the passage continues to say that, however, to them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but rather obey unrighteousness, There is nothing but indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish stored up for them upon every soul that doeth evil of the Jew first, but also of the Gentile. Yet glory and honor and peace is there for every man that worketh good to the Jew first, but also to the Gentile, for there is no respecter of persons with God. So today as we pray, we need to check our own hearts and to pray for the greater body of Christ at large that we would stop focusing so much on title and pomp and position and kingdom building and, oh, I'm going to be something and all of these ambitions and delusions of grandeur, counterfeit missions, false commissions, self-promotions, doctrines of demons, puffed-up words, full of flattery, fluff, and vainglory given by evil spirits to get you off track, off of the narrow path, and out of focus. Jesus already gave us our commission. Go into all the world and tell them about Jesus, not our own ideas, but everything that he taught us. In the scripture, leaving nothing out, we have to speak everything. Yes, the love. Yes, the conditions. Yes, the judgment. Both hell and heaven. All of it. That we have to forgive to be forgiven. That we have to be kind and gentle and manifest the fruits of the Spirit. And that that is really the only evidence of whether or not we have him indwelling us. We've got to lay down the doctrines of men, their titles. We have to stop being respecters of persons when the very God that we claim inhabits us decrees the opposite. We have to stop trying to be the top and giving everyone else false words and false hope that they will be served and will be loved and will be famous. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message says that the greatest rewards go to the least among us, that things will not be easy but that he will always be with us. That we have to count the cost, pick up our cross, and follow after the example of Jesus. You do understand that the masses abandoned him, that he only had a few followers, and even one of them betrayed him to the death. While all the rest ran and then doubted what he had said. I'm not trying to sell you a bed of roses. I want you to understand That real Christianity is not easy. That's why it takes faith to keep believing. Paul said to fight the good fight of faith. That fight is a fight to keep the faith in what Jesus said. But oh, if you will come to him and believe and cry out and pray and praise, he will come and strengthen you and anoint you and pour on you all of the grace that you need to get through. And to lead other men as you do. But your desire can't be to have people follow you. Your desire has to be to follow him. And whatever happens, happens. As you do it. That's why Paul said, men followed me as I followed Christ. It's time to get your focus right. Because a lot of the things that the world is telling you are... Curses are actually blessings. And a lot of the things that the world tells you are blessings actually just make it harder for you to get into heaven. Stop seeing with the eyes of the flesh. Come and ask to be born again, that you might be given new vision and be able to truly see the things of the kingdom of heaven.